Welcome you back to another fun-filled, action-packed episode of How We'd Book It. Brought to you by the Push Start Media Network, where you can't do anything in life unless you just push start. I am the uh, world-famous J. Brandon Ingram, broadcasting to you live in sunny Myrtle Beach, South Kakagaki, alongside with... Hi, I'm Christian Ingram. Oh, sounds so excited. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm Christian Ingram. I'm a podcaster, YouTuber, TikToker, Twitch streamer. A- a- anything I can get my hands on to just have fun. Well, good. So you're pushing start everywhere you can. I, see. I, I, I am. I, I even got me a banner for when I go to uh, Virginia Comic Con, VA Comic Con, November 20th at the Richmond Raceway. I hope to see you there because I have a table. What's your big smile and face? Anyway, so the last couple of times we've been covering the Adams, and we're just going to jump right into this. Today we are covering Maxwell Jacob Friedman MJF. He's better than you. And you, you know, know it. it. So MJF, let, let's just, I, I'm going to pull up his Wikipedia real quick because that's, that's where I get my information from. But like the first time I saw him was, I don't remember exactly where I saw him. First, I think it was AEW. It might have been one of the uh, the uh, first pay-per-views. I think it might have been. Now, uh, the, first, the, the first time I saw him was uh, on MLW. MLW. See, I never watched MLW. I knew he was there, but I had never seen him. I think it, the, only came, it only came on a brief moment. I think it was Access TV, like Impact, or it might have been someone. I don't even know what channel. Come on, this was. Uh, they had they had Jim Cornette there for a little bit doing some announcing. They had brought in Tony Schiavone before he went to AEW. Tony Schiavone actually was – I don't know if he got out of that contract or if Tony Khan bought it out or they just let him out because um, Court Bauer, the owner of MLW, actually used to work for WWE as a writer, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, that's where Tony was when uh, Tony Khan brought him into AEW. Yeah, so – that uh, yeah, that's where he started in twenty. Well, he was apparently he was in CZW from twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen. I can't see him in CZW, but okay. I can't either. That's crazy. So, um, I I did see that he had uploaded a video to be a contestant on WWE's Tough Enough. No, and they I didn't pick that. him. That surprised me because I saw the promo he cut and it was really good. Well, you know, a lot of things work out because you know, listen, I'm like, we're just gonna dive right into this. I mean. You know, the shit that he's coming out and saying, there is no way in hell they let him say that in WWE. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real. There is no way. Uh, they'd have done snatched him off TV so quick his head would have spun. Jesus Christ. I'm older than MJF. Yeah, he's only 24. 25. He was born March 15th, 1996. Mm. So, so you're, you're, about, you're about six months older than he is, five months. A little something like that. Oh, Jesus Christ. So he, He's older than me, though, so it's all good. Okay. I don't know yeah, what to say I mean, to that. Oh, well, just say, okay. Okay. Yep. So, anyway, look, just dive right into it, man. I mean, you know, the show's called How, How We'd Book It, and mm-hmm. there's so far, there's just, I mean, there's not a lot of things that, uh, that you know, I... I wouldn't change much on. Um, I, I know that, you know, Jericho had to beat him in that last match. 
I don't even think they should have had the last match, to be honest with you. But I know Jericho's had to get his win back, whatever. And they didn't really make MJF look look weak um, with the way it went down because of the restart and all that shit, whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it that way. Um, but, I mean, the kid is good. I mean, you know, he, he's he's not the biggest guy in the world. Um, you know, sometimes they, they, they are showing stuff with Wardlow. Like, it looks like they're going to break them up and then – then they look like they're back on the same page. That's eventually coming because I know they want Wardlow to be a big star with that, that million-dollar body he's got. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, you know, the comparisons are out there. But, I mean, at the end of the day, and, you know, I know you didn't, you weren't around for it, but MJF's the closest thing to Piper we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. And if he can learn one thing from Roddy Piper. Don't get stabbed. <laughs> well, that too. But, um, you know. Piper would not lay down for anybody. And I, mean, I know that was Shawn Michaels' big thing. But, I mean, you know, and when you listen to interviews of Piper, Piper's thing was it wasn't because he thought he was better than Hogan or bigger than Hogan and stuff of that nature. He didn't mind, you know, his partner taking the fall in the tag team matches like at WrestleMania and stuff like that. But his opinion was that once Hogan beat him, there was nothing left for him to do. He was the joker to um, Hogan's Batman. Yeah, and then that's that's what he said. He said once that Hogan beat him, um, you know there was there was nowhere left to go for him except back down, and it's like the one match that you you know around that time frame that you remember him losing was when Bret Hart beat him for the Intercontinental Title, and he still laughs about well he did until the day he passed. He always brought up the the factor of that. Technically, the referee shouldn't have counted the three because he had the sleeper hold on and he had the offensive move in, so the referee shouldn't have counted. <laughs> he brought up the little loophole. He said he said that was the one thing he knew that when he got the title, that's why why he never really wanted the title, was that eventually he'd have to lose it. And uh, yeah. you know, he just he he once he got to that stage in his career, and him and Hogan were going back and forth with the rock and wrestling and all that stuff. I mean, he was just steadfast that he was not laying down. It wasn't just for Hogan; it was for anybody. Because once he got beat, you know, that's what people, people, him running his mouth, that's what people wanted to see was him get beat. And they kept buying tickets hoping he would get beat, but it just never happened. No, that's true. And that's where I think, like, they really need to project MJF because they haven't done a great job of that. Not that they haven't done a great job. It's that he's lost to a lot of people. I mean, he's and, granted and he's just, beaten a lot of people, but he hasn't beat anybody main event star. He lost to John Moxley. He lost to Jericho. Granted, he did beat Jericho about three times, but I don't think they should have had that last match, like you said. I love Jericho. Jericho's my favorite wrestler, but you know, yeah that that stuff with that stuff with uh, Jericho just lasted way too long. Um, the the comedy skits they did when he was part of the inner circle and when they were that just that that went on way too long. Um, you know, Jericho, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, it seemed like Jericho latched on to him because of the because of the buzz he was getting and everything and he wanted to, you know, he wanted he wanted to be on the bandwagon. I mean, same in my my opinion, same thing with Orange Cassidy. He the buzz with Orange Cassidy and he wanted, you know, he wanted to jump on it and be part of it. I mean, it's like, look, man, I know you're getting older, but you know, you're still Chris Jericho. You don't have to latch on to these little younger guys. I mean, he did put stay, both to, of to them stay over. Relevant. So I mean I can't I don't know. It's really hard well, to say. He, I'm not behind the scenes. I'm not a booker, but this is called having He didn't. Well, it's like if you look at it, though, did Orange Cassidy, he didn't pin Jericho. He knocked him in a damn tub of orange juice. Yeah, that's true, too. He didn't He didn't pin his shoulders down for the one, two, three. So, so 
I don't know. But MJF, since his debut, has he's done a lot. He's challenged for the world title. He's uh, had a feud with Jericho. He won the Dynamite Diamond ring twice. Um, he's he's now the leader of the Pinnacle, which includes yeah, and, and 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 that's another thing too. They either need to, in my opinion, they either need to wrap this group up, or they need to. You know, I mean, when's the last time you actually saw FTR out there with the Pinnacle? I mean, the closest thing they did was when they they beat the Lucha Brothers for the AAA Tag Titles a couple weeks ago, and that's the first like interaction with MJF that they've had in ages. Yeah, no, I so agree. Like, they need to they need to be more of a four horseman type feel because that's what either, they are. Well, well, either that or, you know, MJF, and I like Tully. Tully's great with FTR, but MJF doesn't need Tully. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he, I mean, you know, Piper always had Bob Orton with him or Paul Orndorff. So, you know, him and Wardlow are a good package because, I mean, you know, Orndorff, Orndorff was great in the ring. He wasn't a great promo. Orton, you know, Orton was great in the ring, wasn't a great promo. I mean, it, it worked. And, you know, I'm not, you know, you don't really hear Wardlow on the mic enough to, to for, me, for me to really be, say where he needs to go with it or what kind of changes he needs to make. But, I mean, MJF and Wardlow are a good package. And, you know, so either, either if you're going to run with the pinnacle, run with it. If not, just, you know, get away from it, you know. You don't have to even feud the guys. Just you know, get have them back. All right, man. We you know we did this. It was cool. If you need me, I'm here. You know, good luck. You know, however you want to do it. Or you could even have MJF be MJF. It's like I don't need these guys. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But moving forward, I you know I, you know if Tony Khan is the old school fan that he claims to be, and I mean I, I don't have any reason to doubt him in his word. Uh, and I'm not talking about the WCW days of Piper. You know, when he came out and he'd had it hit, you know, Piper knew he wasn't Piper of old anymore. And, um, you know, so, yeah, he he beat Hogan the one time and then he laid down for him, you know, let Hogan get his win back. They were by far things had changed by then. And, you know, people were getting paid just by their contract, not by how many tickets got sold. So, you know, think, you know, thinking changed. But, you know, go back and look at how Piper was booked. You know, in in the early '80s when he first came into WWF and started feuding with Hogan, and and watch, and I mean, again, you know, yes, MJF, especially if they put the world title on him at some point, is eventually going to have to lose a match. But I mean, you know, he, he, you don't need to put him over strong against anybody he beats to make him look weak. I mean, his character is such that, you know, even if he taps somebody out with that armbar. You know, because Wardlow got involved because something happened, you know, kind of like, you know, with Jericho, when he tapped Jericho out, he had the bad elbow and had been attacked week after week after week with those matches and everything. I mean, there's ways to get around it without making MJF lose. I mean, it's like Darby, the match with Darby coming up. Darby does not need to win. He's over with the fans. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to keep the heat on MJF. And I mean, there's just, you know. I mean, this is simple for me. I mean, let the kid keep doing what he's doing and don't beat him no time soon. And eventually, you know, what people tune into and what, you know, this is why even Dusty as a booker, yeah, Dusty was a three-time world champion, but, you know, Dusty could have put the belt on himself anytime he wanted to being in charge, but he knew the ratings were, you know, watching, you know, the the, chase, the baby the face, chase. the chase, watching the baby face chase the asshole champion that, that's been beaten tag team matches. That's been, you know, ran away, got counted out, you know, you know, and a lot of things, a lot of things you can't do anymore. Like, 
you know, one of the old school dusty finishes would be, you know, people coming out and the referee get knocked down and you see dusty throw, for example, flare over the top rope, but the referee's laying down and the second referee runs out and dusty, you know, pins flare and he's got the title and he's holding up. Then the referee, other referee recovers and comes in and say, you know, dusty's disqualified. He threw Rick over the top rope. I saw it laying outside. You know, again, the top rope's not a disqualification anymore, but that's, that's the way they used to get around it. And then that really got, you know, sometimes it would piss the fans off, but it's still keep like, them okay, coming back. Exactly. My guy can beat him. He's going to get that title. And it was all like, so whether it was, you know, it, it just like, that's why the NWO worked as well. It's like, you know, once Hogan turned heel and got that belt, man, people wanted to see Hogan get his ass kicked. And that's where, that's where Goldberg took off. Goldberg finally took the belt off of Hogan. And that was Hogan's decision. Um, you know, he didn't have to do that. And, you know, Hogan is the one who made that call and put those wheels in motion for Goldberg to, to beat him on Nitro in Atlanta that week. And, you know, but like, you know, people have shit on Bischoff all over. And I was one of them. Like, why the hell would you put that on a Monday night, uh, Monday Nitro? And I heard Bischoff's explanation saying they were a TV company. You know, they were there to get the, the sponsors and the ratings. And, you know, the pay-per-views were just a very small part of their money. And I was like, Oh, okay. I get it now. But back then I didn't, you know, I was used to the other stuff where you had to buy the pay-per-view to get that main event. But yeah, you know, like I said, for me, it's easy. You, you know, I wouldn't change anything up with MJF right now and just put him on a path to where, yeah, you know, and AEW has got a lot of, a lot of fires going right now with all the people they brought in between Adam Cole and CM Punk and Brian Danielson and stuff like that. And soon to be maybe Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of, you know, you, you just keep moving, Keep moving MJF through the baby faces. Let him do what he's doing, and eventually you put the title on him And because I'm sure he wants the title, and, you know, the kid's on fire. So, in my opinion, I mean, this is called how we book it, but, like, I, lo- I love MJF. Like, is he the best in the ring? No. No, he's not. He's passable, though, which is, is good for him because, like— and, and, again, who does that remind you of? Piper. Piper was never—he um, was never— Rick Piper Flair was in the a brawl, ring. Piper, no, Piper was a brawler. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I wouldn't call MJF a brawler, but he's not technically sound. He's not Kenny Omega. He's not Adam Cole. He's, he's not even the Young Bucks, but he's believable enough to have a, a good match. But his promos are his, his bread and butter, and that's where he's really going to shine. Now, we, I think his best promo was the whole Brian Pillman promo. That shit was savage as hell. And they let him get away with it. Again, that goes back to what you what we said at the beginning of the show. With it's probably a good thing he didn't get in WWE because, you know, those, those promos no. are scripted, and there's no way in hell they're going to let him go out there and do that. So, you know, he he, you know, sometimes you thank God for unanswered prayers, and that was probably one of them for him. Now, eventually, if he keeps growing at 24 the way he's growing, will he eventually be in WWE? Probably. Um, maybe not. You never know, but never say never. I mean, nobody ever thought Flair would go and, you know, Flair winded up going in 91, 90, whatever it was, um, with the belt. Yeah. If but, you know, you know, so, I mean, I, I think if he keeps growing, uh, you know, and his contract comes up, I think they might throw stupid money at him to come over there, but you know, it'll be with Tony Khan match it. Does he really want to go over there and not be able to be what got him on top? I mean, that's, that's a lot of questions down the road, but no, I just, I, I don't really, you know, my only thing that I would say, you know, how we'd book it is just 
you cannot let him lose anytime soon. You know, you can't let him lose to Darby Allen. You can't let him go out there and build up all this heat just to, you know, just to go get beat. Because yeah. that, that's not what, that's not what, yeah, people want to see him get his ass beat, but you got to keep him wanting more. And it's like when he, when he lost the match to Jericho, I forgot what promo he cut on that following Wednesday night, but he come out there and he got his heat right back. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. No, and to be so young, it's 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 crazy because there's people who's been in for 20, 25 years who can't do that. And that's where I see uh, MJF. He's going to be a big star in the future. But as far as how we'd book it, you know, after this whole Darby Allen feud, which I would have MJF go over, um, have them do some crazy shit at the pay-per-view and have MJF cheat to win. That's fine because that's his character. But... After he beats Darby Allen, I would have him come out the next Dynamite be like, oh, I beat Darby Allen. Now I can beat CM Punk. And I would have him hand CM Punk his first loss in AEW. Yeah, that, that's somebody and that that's not a bad idea, actually, because it's like, you know, when that and it's not that I care. I mean, I always told you how I, I felt the Undertaker should lose at WrestleMania for the first and only time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I always my my my. My ultimate fantasy for that was when Taker was ready to retire, have him lose his his one and only match that he would lose at WrestleMania, not have him get up and acknowledge anybody, have him lay there, have the Druids come out, put him in a casket, roll him back, be done, and then let him come out the next night on Raw and thank everybody. Yeah, that was that's what I wanted for the Undertaker to go out. Didn't happen that way. No. Um, and you know, like for example, what you're saying. You know, if CM Punk were to lose to, say, Brian Danielson, Danielson doesn't need that rub. Just like Brock Lesnar did not need the rub of beating The Undertaker. No, he he'd didn't. Have lost take, if he had lost to Taker at WrestleMania, just he, like he lost to Roman last week, he'd have still been Brock Lesnar. He'd have still been the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, these, that's what you know, Vince McMahon and, and Tony Khan and these other guys that are bringing these companies up need to stop and look at. It's like, who needs the rub of be giving CM Punk his first loss? And... You know, it doesn't have, like you said, it doesn't have to be clean. You don't have to tap him out with the damn arm bar to make CM Punk look weak. You could have Wardlow interfere with the ref knockdown. And that would actually be a great feud because both of them are great on the mic. And CM Punk's one of the few guys there that could probably hang with him on insults. Um, So, no, no, I agree with you there. I I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, somebody's got to hand CM Punk his first loss. And that would keep him out of the world title picture a little bit longer, giving him somebody to have a long-term feud with while Kenny does whatever Kenny's going to do with Brian Danielson, Adam Page. And I'm pretty sure Brian Danielson is going to win this tournament. Oh, and yeah, that's no, why, no, I already called it. It's, and I, that, and that's, why, that's why I don't think Adam Page will win the title at, at pay-per-view because it will set up Kenny and Brian Danielson again. I'm still and, hoping they do that finish I suggested on two episodes ago. So if you want to go listen to that, do it after this. But yeah, no, that's that's actually a great idea. It would get, you know, it's good. It would be great mic work for the fans. It would be entertaining. And like I said, I just I don't have any long term story for for MJF as far as like who you know they they just need to honestly keep him on the path he's on. And um, I feel bad for for Pillman because I don't know what they're doing with him or if he's got something going on, but you really haven't seen him since. I know he cut his hair, and I was like, what the hell did you do? Yeah, um, that was a little weird. But, but you know, as far as that goes, I mean. You know, just the, the, to me, you know, as far as whatever, I mean, he's the best thing they've got going. He's the most entertaining thing. And, you know, it's 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 a lot of <laughs> laughing and it's a lot of, oh, did he, did he really say that? Oh, shit. Methanin. She said, I swallowed you. Oh, it was great. 
But, you know, I'm, I mean, you know, let him, let him keep doing him and, you know, but the only thing about, you got to understand too, with CM Punk, if CM Punk lays down for him, mm-hmm. CM Punk's going to want his win back. Oh, I understand you know? that. And I know a lot of I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't get that about people beating people, but it's like like I told you with Piper and Hogan, you know, it this was 13 years later, but you know, Piper Piper wouldn't lay down for him in WWF. And then, you know, they went out there and they wrestled, you know, Piper never needed the world title to be Roddy Piper. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. You know, Flair Flair craved that belt. Flair craved that lifestyle, you know, he got to travel as the NWA champion go all over the world player. He loved it. And, you know, but Piper never needed the world title to be Roddy Piper. And, you know, so, you know, like I said, fast forward to years later with the NWO and bringing Piper in, you know, Piper put him to sleep. He didn't, he didn't pin him for the one, two, three. And then he went out there and had no issue giving Hogan his win back simply because he was under contract. He, he didn't give a shit if that, at that point in his career, you know, yeah, he still loved the fans, but it, there could have been two people in the audience and he got paid the same. He didn't care. Yeah. So, I mean, MJF, I do think he does need this world championship, though. He needs that rub to be a main event guy because, I mean, the okay, belt. Okay, but honestly, though, think about what you just said for a minute. What you said first makes more sense. Beating CM Punk, honestly, right now is a better rub than carrying around that AEW world. Oh, no, I agree with you 100%, but he needs to beat Punk to get to that world title level. And, you know, and when, when he does finally win it, you know, I mean, you know, you, you don't, there, there's, if you really want to make him a legit champion, then, okay, when he wins the title for the first time, then you can put him over cleanly. Um, you know, but depending on who's champion and, and how it goes, um, God, I, I can't think of who CM Punk wrestled. Didn't he wrestle one of the acclaimed? No. So he's wrestled so far. He's wrestled Darby Allen. He wrestled Powerhouse Hobbs. What he, him? He wrestled. Who, who? He wrestled Bobby Fish. No. He wrestled one of those kids on uh, Rampage that had a tag team partner on the outside. I thought it was Powerhouse Hobbs. No. Let me see AEW matches so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me one second. I am looking. Let's see. I'm just gonna go to his Wikipedia because this isn't helping me. Uh so hang on one second. I don't think he wrestled any of the acclaim though. No, he's had five matches. Okay, well. Go back up. Come on. You're killing me, Smalls. I know. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I hate when people call me when I'm in the middle of something because it's connected to my laptop. Uh, where is it? AEW. Um, what is it? it doesn't even tell me. Jesus Christ. Uh, he met. He, oh, he wrestled Daniel Daniel Garcia and Matt Seidel. Okay, when he was wrestling Garcia, whoever was it wasn't Leo Rush. I guess it was his brother on the outside. Uh, um, no, no, no. It was uh, Daniel Garcia. It was two point on the outside. Okay, they they distracted Punk, and he got you know they clipped his leg, or uh, Dante Martin clipped his leg, and then worked on and they worked you know Punk sold the leg for the rest of the match. It gave 
you know, it, 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 without making Punk look weak, it showed, it showed how, you know, he got distracted and he, and he was like really selling for Dante Martin and throughout the rest of the match, you know, he sold the leg the whole time. I'm just saying there's ways to do things, yeah. you know, because in theory you would think, okay, this kid Punk's just going to go out there and within two minutes, put him to sleep. And so, I mean, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. There's, there's just ways to do things, you know, getting, but with, with punk, you know, like I said, if, they, if punk, they go that route, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad way to go. Cause like I said, punk's not in the world title tournament. Um, his next opponent, I told you is going to be Eddie Kingston. Um, because of what happened last night. But, you know, once they get through that, like that would be a great promo battle. And, you know, you could do that for five or six weeks before you finally ever let them touch at the next pay-per-view. And that definitely needs to be a pay-per-view match, not a dynamite or that needs to be their, a, their big pay-per-view. What, what is it? Uh double or nothing is their big one. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, like I said, the, uh, um, you know, you know, you don't put that match on TV because they're still, they're not in the TV business. They're in the wrestling business. And right now they're, you know, they don't have the network. They have to, they have to sell pay-per-views and it, you know, that, that mouth and back and forth. If you get enough viewers on your show, that one alone would sell some, sell some, you know, pay-per-views. Oh yeah, no doubt. That would be, that could headline a pay-per-view. No doubt. I'm just but, thinking of the promo battle back and forth between CM Punk and MJF. Yeah. So yeah, that's about all I got with it, though. Um, is there anybody else you'd like to see him go up against, as far as on the on the uh, mic with? Not really, because I don't think anybody in the company right now but CM Punk can hang with him. Well, that's a testament to how good he is. But I know, I mean, you know, him and him and Adam Cole would be kind of comical, but you know, Cole's got other fish to fry first as well. Maybe maybe have Adam eventually win the world title, and that be who MJF faces for the world championship. That would be some good long-term storytelling, like I said, with you know, get get through the feud with Kenny and Brian and all that stuff and whatever, and then move forward. But yeah, I mean, you know, besides besides CM Punk, I can't see anybody that can hang with with him on the microphone except for Adam Cole. Yeah, I agree. So as far as MJF, there his future is bright, and there's nothing nowhere to go but up from here. And maybe, hopefully, Tony Khan, if you're listening, you'll book him the right way and have him go against CM Punk here soon. But Jason, anything else? No, that's uh, and uh, that's all I got, man. I mean, you know, kid's twenty four years old, twenty five. I guess he just said he just turned twenty five. No, I, I agree. He's got a bright future ahead. All right, well, guys, you can find me on any social media at Chris Ingram three three five. YouTube as the Power Rangers guy. Come out to VA Comic Con November twentieth at the Richmond Raceway. I will be there. I'll have my own table. I'll have. Some action figures for selling. Hell, maybe you can get my autograph. Not, not that it means shit, but you know, if you want it, you can have it. Automograph. You can find me all over the uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. J. Brandon Ingram. You can email me at j.brandoningram at gmail.com. Any suggestions, comments, just to say, hey, what's up? But in the case of MJF, I guess uh, that's how we book it. Yeah.